Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of All the Small Games. Hey, episode six. We did it. We did it. We, 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 set, out, we set out just to do six episodes. Yeah, bye lives. It's been fun. Oh, no, not even, not even a whole six, just five and a bit episodes. 5.1. <laughs> and we did it. Uh, this is a six episode of All the Small Games. What we are is two people. My name's Andrew Levins. My name's Jonathan Valenzuela. And we record a podcast every month where we catch up and talk to you about... The India game, India, India, yep. <laughs> the, the Indian games we've played, the indie games that we've played over the last four weeks or so. Yeah. Last, the last few episodes have been extremely long because there's been all Just kinds of Nintendo, indie presentations. Nintendo and, keeps bombing us with presentations, essentially. So but, we have a, a, a fun and simple episode where it's just just me and John catching up. The over games, the games we played, the games that were, yeah, the small games at that. Mm. Um, I thought I would just quickly get this out of the way. Um, I am uh, going to be at PAX Australia at the end of the month doing a uh, a panel that may indeed include. Actually, definitely will include some indie game talk. Nice. Um, PAX is going down in Melbourne this year from the 26th to the 28th of October. And on the Saturday uh, in the Fruit Bat, uh, on the Fruit Bat okay. stage. I don't know why. There's one called like the Drop Bear stage. Right. These wacky gamers. Uh, at 2 p.m. Um, on, uh, on the Fruit Bat I get the feeling it's references... In the Fruit Bat Theatre. References from the Penny Arcade comic. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Maybe. Um, yeah, I might. I may be down there myself. I will not be hosting a panel, but I will be playing the shit out of some indie games down there. Possibly heckling mine. Yeah. Um, me, it's me and uh, Mr. Sunday Movies and Mason, Nick Mason and James Clement from um, The Weekly Planet, from Planet Broadcasting. Uh, the three of us are going to uh, be doing an episode of their YouTube series, Caravan of Garbage, where they go through... Uh, the worst video games based on the best movies, so and, and comic book franchises and like, like 
I'm trying to think of one. It's an awesome YouTube series. Like they'll they'll go do like that Wolverine game that came out. Like right, sure. Um, and it's just like them trying to play these abysmal games. James think- spends far too much money. Uh, was the Wolverine one like a side scroller? No, it was like a, it's like a 3D action game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. in theory it should be great, but yeah. it's like you know before they nailed the kind of third third person action right. game with Arkham, it was just ah oh, yeah. of course yeah yeah. Because there was a trash was was the Superman game on N sixty four. Yeah, was that, that the that's super absolutely. trash. You know they haven't done that yet, but that's like that's the the, the shining or the, or the shitting jewel in, no, the, in the crown. E- 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 no, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, so we are going to be doing the history of of bad bad video games based on movies and and comic books and TV nice. and all those franchises like that. Um, and the, also the Friends game, absolute pooch. No, we're um, going to be asking uh, the uh, eternal question: What's worse? Video games based on movies or movies based on video games. Ooh. And how come both can be so bad and mm. rarely ever good? But there are definitely some video games that are good. So we already know the answer to that question, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's having 2 p.m. in the Fruit Bat Theatre at PAX uh, on the 27th. Yeah, 27th. 27th. It's 26th through 28th. Come and say hello. It's free if you already have a ticket say, to PAX. Say hello during the, uh, during the, the presentation. Yeah, exactly. Just stand up and yell it. And uh, maybe if, if it goes well, we might try and do something next year. All the small games, get some repping. It's actually pretty easy to get a panel of packs. Really? Honest. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> uh, so, John, um, since you have uh, last recorded an episode of all the small games with me, you've been in and out of the country. I have. I have. I uh, took a brief sojourn to South America. Um, and that is, uh, how long is the flight? Uh, the flight there is 12 and a half hours and the flight back is about 14. And it's just direct? Yes. That's beautiful. Fly over the South Pole. I hear that and I'm like, damn, what a shame you don't also have a stopover and then an additional five-hour flight like when you fly to New York. This is true. Because uh, I love flying. Um, The longer the flight, the better. I don't know that goes against kind of what everyone thinks of flying, I guess. The kind of... The the general views towards long flights. Sure. Um, But explain why. Because... Like even before the Switch came out, right? Uh, I I would just like I would pick a comic run, for example, sure, and I would read like like between here and Paris, I would read like 120 issues of sure. of X Men or something like that. Yeah. Like holy moly, look what I did! I just love that it's always like this. There's no excuse for you. You can't do any kind of work. Yeah, and it's like one of the few places. Obviously, now it's different because I have kids, so I kind of hate flying again. <laughs> um, but uh, if I was to ever get a business trip or whatever, I'd be like, fuck yes, the yes. longest route available, please. So I think it was actually this this trip is what inspired me to buy a Switch. Oh, I, it was I, looming. Yeah, I saw coming up in my future a 12-hour flight and was like, I have the money now. Um, and I just, I hate watching stuff on like on the entertainment systems on the plane. Oh, it, it may as well be free-to-air television, which yeah. is a thing that no one under 40 should do. But even above and beyond that, it's it's the tiny grainy screen mixed with horrible sound, no subtitles. And you're not just, really choosing... Yeah. You're not really choosing something to watch when it's like, you know, the limited things available to you on, well, on the, in-flight entertainment. The weird thing is there were a few movies that I were like, oh, I'd, like I think Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was on there. Sure. I haven't seen that yet. Great movie. Sure. But I don't want to watch it on a plane. That being said, you know, speaking of tiny screens, that switch, oh, so good on a flight, so good, so good. So I haven't had a, I haven't had a long flight on uh, since getting a switch. Like the longest I've been done is like five hours or like twelve, but with children, so you yeah. can't really whip out the switch. Yeah, 
you, but you, like, I, like what you were describing is like my absolute dream. Yeah. Like I always used to joke, like, oh, one day I'll break my leg and have a bunch of time off, and and get through my backlog of video games and anime and all the bullshit that I want to get through at some point in my life. But this is like the junior version of that, the way less uh, painful. I, w- I will say this. A switch is probably best suited to a flight that's maybe nine hours long. Yeah. Just because battery life, like the flight over, the, the flight over, I got on the flight with a full switch battery and probably made it about seven and a half, eight hours. Wow. Which I that's e- insane. How? I might be exaggerating. Um, there was definitely some sleep in there at some point, <laughs> but it would have been it would have been between probably six to seven hours of playing that I that I kind of like I was. I was playing... I'll get into it more later, but I was playing The Messenger. I can't wait. This is Mike Nebelovic's kind of shit. I was playing The Messenger all the way over, and The Messenger is definitely a game where you get frustrated and you have to put that switch down for like 15 minutes to half an hour. a little bit of a breath, yep. Just to cool down, let the palms unsweat, that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, and I... But the great thing is I had USBs in the seat, the seat armrest, so I could just plug that in, charge it for a little bit. Great. Because I definitely, I got down to like, your console is about to shut down. Plug it in for 45 minutes, boom. I've got like an extra 10% that I can play for another 45 minutes on kind of thing. But you couldn't uh, keep playing while it was charging it, or it was it, not quite powerful enough? The, the USB is not power. Like the, the current coming out of that USB is not powerful enough to charge while you play. Yep. Um, but still, you know, I'd, I'd turn my attention elsewhere. I had a book with me that I read for a little bit, that kind of thing. You considered watching the Jurassic World, World Fallen Kingdom. Yes. Um, or watch it over someone else's shoulder. Or you know, Maybe I should watch this. Funnily enough, most of the watching I do on planes is between the seat cracks. Like, yeah. what are they watching? That looks good. I'll just pay attention <laughs> to that for a while. Um, I, wonder boss, what, I wonder what that guy sounds like. Boss Baby 2 looks fascinating. Um but on the way back, uh, because I had a like one hour flight before a one hour flight and then a waiting in the airport before my long flight back, I had already I'd got on the plane at about eighty percent battery, and then because it was an older plane, was like oh no USB ports in the seats, and so my switch just became this dwindling resource, yep. which. I, because when it comes to games, I have no, like, my self-control is very low. So I'm like, I should, I should manage this. I should play a little bit and then leave it for a while and like, sort of like spread it out over the flight. No, I drained that battery in the first four hours of the flight. And then with 10 left to go, I was just like, okay, um, what am I going to do? Um, and I don't, like, the weird thing is I don't understand why, because the, the in-flight entertainment will invariably have a game section, but the games are just trash. It's like backgammon and... Well, I think that's because of the limited like amount that you could actually do with the screens that they provide, right? Oh, no, there, there is that weird kind of controller. Yeah, they have a... On, they, on the flip of the remote, isn't it? They have a controller with a D-pad, four buttons, and like bumper buttons up they the They used top. to have SNES games on, on yeah, flights. Yeah, I, I definitely... I remember flying on Singapore Airlines decades ago where they had Super Mario and all those SNES games. I just think like some small devs should approach airlines and go, look, we'll make some like not not controversial or anything like that, some very fun, simple indie games for no, people to play. Fuck on that. Put Hollow Knight on all flights. Oh, Can you be... imagine how many more copies they would sell after everyone just gets hooked and like I need to like That's the... do the rest of this thing. But yeah, a whole like put the gardens between on flights. Put stuff like like it's such you've got a captive market. 
Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand why they stick with these incredibly shitty games on flights when they could have small, simple indie games to play. Yeah, anyway, definitely. Um, the Switch is is the reason why because everyone's got a Switch. Uh, well, I do. I don't care about everyone else. Um, but yeah, so except you, dear listener. Yeah, I well, I hope you have a Switch, dear listener. It's very fun. Um, yeah, but on the way over, I was all about. The Messenger, and then on the way back, it was Broforce. Cool. And I, I sunk as much time into both of those as I could. Both published by Devolver? Yeah. Both wonderful games. Incredibly wonderful games. I, I finished The Messenger last night. Should we talk about The Messenger first? Let's, talk, let's do The Messenger first. So I kind of ran through it last month. Um, I got given a, a code to play it like a week before it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there, it, it is a mostly linear um, 8-bit platformer that borrows liberally from like ninja gaiden and other nest games um for the first six to eight hours yeah um and then uh through the power of time travel uh, it becomes a 16-bit game and then it becomes a completely non-linear uh explorative uh game in which you can jump from 8-bit to 16-bit yeah and and have to to um, solve certain puzzles and basically you traverse, have to traverse um, throughout throughout the map, find secrets, enter new lands, fight new bosses. Mm. Um, it's crazy. It's really good. It's uh, um, I was in, I was impressed. I'm not I'm not a huge platformer dude as much as you are, but I was hooked. I can't believe you finished it. It's a fucking hard game. Oh, it's incredibly hard. I because whenever you die, there's this little kind of demon would you say little this devil red, dude, quibble, little, little fuckhead who's who's sort of his narrative role is that he he brings you back to life whenever you die in exchange for he collects some of the like whatever currency you pick up you for pick a up. while yeah, yeah yeah um in in those loading screens when he talks to you he makes fun of you he makes fun of you but occasionally he will tell you how much how much of those gems he's taken off you or how many times he's brought you back to life and i think the last one i remember was like 578 times he brought me back to life almost that's around about i think i was like 530 so you're not too far behind me i i died a lot in this game and some of them were just dumb deaths like like Like, immediately after dying i would just die again Yeah. yeah um but it's it's such a it's a it's a fun world to move through um very funny i think we've we've discussed on previous podcasts like the humor in it and um you know the when it changes to 16-bit graphics it's it's gorgeous that extra palette that it's got going on and also you, you get an upgrade in the music um it suddenly goes from 8-bit kind of you know bleeps and blorps kind of music to like a very supersonic mm. uh stereo versions of, of those songs um yeah, so we've, we've discussed this game previously on the podcast, but we hadn't finished it at that point in time. So I, I got really, really far into it. Um, I was playing during a time when like, no one really else was, and so I was getting like hitting bosses and moments where I was like, man, what the fuck? How do you beat this boss? Desperate to find like a video. You know, sometimes you just need to see how someone else does it. Sure. So then you get the, the, the courage within you to do it yourself, and none of that existed. Yeah. And so I, I got really, really far. I actually got up to what I thought was the final boss. It certainly kind of tricks which, you into thinking. Which boss was that? I'm curious. So we are going to like do some light spoilers for yeah. a game that I don't think matters, mm, the kind of spoilers yeah, that we're talking 
talking about. Yeah. But the 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 big red flying devil that, okay. that the attacks demon, your the town, demon the demon king, king yeah, at, yeah, yeah. at the okay. start. I thought he the, 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 the um he was the ultimate boss. Yeah. And so I got all the way up to him, you know, like a, a couple of days after it had come out, after, just after we last recorded, like a day or two after we last recorded, and um started fighting him was like had one one bar of health left finally worked out what i was meant to do and then the game froze and it quit mm. and i was like oh fuck it like i, I got up to the bar and was <laughs> i don't really care about uh you know figuring out how to how to beat him i beat the game i may as well whatever i'll, I'll yeah. claim it maybe i'll go back and finish it at some point but i'll play something else for a while you know sometimes if of sometimes it's a sign sure sometimes spider-man is coming out the week after and you should just clean your slate and, yeah. uh, and, and, and play spider-man and do nothing else for two weeks <clears throat> Not an indie game, though. Oh, actually, technically, Insomniac is an independent studio. Look, I there will be times in the future where we'll, we will use arguments like this. God knows we're going to talk about that new Remedy game that's coming out. And we already did talk about that. Uh, what was the co-op one that we did on Xbox? Oh, yeah, uh, A Way Out. That was, was published kind of by Microsoft, wasn't it? It was, pu- it was published by someone like... Oh, who published it? It was one of the big ones. Right. Huge, big publisher, but not a big... Um, dev. Okay, right, sure. I think it's it's the dev team, man. That's what matters. Um, but yeah, um, I you mentioned that you finished the messenger, and I was like, man, fuck! If John finished the messenger, <laughs> I gotta go finish the messenger. <laughs> and so last night I pulled it back out, and I, I was like, four or five hours more gameplay. Oh yeah, my save file I think is just over fifteen hours. Okay, I I. It's, it's a big game. I was not expecting it, it to be as big as it was. I think. I have I have some minor gripes about it. I think some of that size is padded. Mm-hmm. Like it becomes a, a exploratory game and almost Metroidvania game in a way because you as, let it, let, when, it, let it be known that John said Metroidvania before I did on this episode. I I have to um is this like ice, shots, is I this like know. icing where I have to drink a whole Smirnoff ice <laughs> or something? Right. Thanks, bro. Um, so when when you do the linear part of it, you sort of move through these different worlds to get to the end point, which is like a, a fight in the underworld kind of thing. And then when it turns to exploratory, you can go through these portals that take you to various parts of the world you've been through. But it's not all the parts of the world. It's It might be like the, the kind of third world you enter and then the sixth and then the eighth and yep. then this. But your quest, once you get to the exploratory stage, will be like, well, you have to go to the first world. And it's like, okay, so I've got to teleport to the third world and then make my way through the, backwards through the second world and through the first world to get to where I need to be. But on the way, because you have the ability to flick through different time periods, you're able to find shortcuts and new secrets that you weren't able to access the first time you went through the map. This is true, but I kind of wish that, like... Because there are a couple where when you explore those worlds, you open a new portal to that world. And I almost feel like if you started with just those few portals scattered around, yep. but then as you explored, you opened a portal in each world, making it easier to traverse. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. 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 So it just, there was, there was moments where I'd be like, Oh, the quest is sending me there. I've got to get through this world backwards. And then this world and da da da. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay. This is going to take me 45 minutes of traversal just to achieve this small thing. Uh, which was frustrating, but at the same time, as you spin, as you kind of swing through these worlds, it gives you extra opportunities to like, oh, there's that secret area I couldn't get to previously because I didn't have a certain skill or something like that. Sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of uh, reviews of the Messenger kind of um, spoke about how fun and exciting the first half of the game was and mm. then how what a big difference uh, the second half was and that they didn't really like it. That it that dragged a little bit. And I definitely think it as you readjust to what the game expects you to do now. Mm. Like, because I think a lot of a lot of my hours were spent not doing what the game wanted me to, which is like getting the hint from the shopkeeper who is meant to tell me exactly where on my map I need to go to continue the thing. I was like, no, I want to find it myself. And so I, I did travel through those maps many times, uh, just looking for different things and discovering secrets myself. Like, I, I, what I like about the second half of it was that. I reckon if we went through it and we broke down like in what order we we unlocked all the all the musical notes, we would it would all be completely different for us. Sure. Like was the last thing you did the dragon? Yes, because I think the the sort of that's the funny thing is you the second half decouples that linearity you had the first half of the game and that you can explore wherever you want, but the order of the quest means that there's still an element of linearity in it sure i think there are definitely some that you can do completely out of order yeah but um um for like i found the dark section before i'd done any of the quest stuff and was actually like the one time i went to the internet to be like what the fuck am i supposed to do sure was to get told like you got to go get a candle like, right all right cool fine i'll go get yeah, this candle yeah. um what about when uh the, the caves where you're like where you, if you find that where you we are swimming through the caves, yeah. Well, I don't know if you can hear that. That underwater, the underwater did, shrine or something. Someone so, just did a sick burnout. Someone did a wildest burnout, Parramatta. Yeah. Um, you crazy? The, for this the one. sunken shrine one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the, if you don't have a, a certain thing that you've unlocked, you can't a hear a horn or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the call of the ocean or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And I, 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 I was drunk in an Uber on the way home from a gig. And just like swimming around, going like, "What the fuck am I supposed to do?" That, yeah, that underwater I hear anything, was, and then yeah, yeah. I, I did the same thing, and it's only later when I was like, "It's the one time I plugged headphones into my switch over the course of the trip to be like." I oh, you mean when you weren't on the plane? You weren't just blaring it. Yeah, the, no. like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Click." Oh, okay. I got to swim to where the music. Yeah, I quite gets like louder. the. Uh, I quite like the switch uh, inbuilt speakers. Yeah, I don't mind them. Um, I did a lot of the gardens between with them on, which was nice. Oh man, you got it with that. The sound, sound sounds of that are yeah. very excellent. Um, but um, they do some like they they do some interesting, some really interesting kind of gameplay things in that second half as well. Like the the floating, the islands, the 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 element islands. What yeah, are they? yeah, that you have to visit with with the dragon. Yeah, with the dragon, yeah. and it turns into like a shmup essentially. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which I was like. That's okay. A really fun change of pace. Just, just chuck that in. That's cool. There yeah. is a chase section oh, that I think yeah. is the hardest part of the game. It's definitely where I died. I got about 50 to 100 times. And it's um, the, I, I find the brutalest thing with that chase section is it starts immediately. Like after you, res- after yeah. you die and respawn. You can't even breathe. You, yeah. You have to like, if you get distracted for one second during the loading screen, you'll die immediately. That and mo- have to, The like, monster chasing you was beautiful though. Like, oh yeah. Like so well animated. Yeah. Amazingly animated. Um, I, as I, as I've said numerous times, I'm not a great platformer. Um, and we were discussing this online. There's a, there's a move called a cloud step, which is where you can jump hit something with your weapon and then jump again. Yep. And you can chain those moves together. And then you also have a grappling hook too, which you could add a second one as well in, in some cases. Yeah. Um, I 
I never quite mastered cloud stepping. <laughs> it was always I can't believe you finished the game. Every time yeah. every time you every time I approached a situation that required cloud stepping, I'd literally button mash and hope that I got it correct. And there are certain sections like definitely I remember there's one particularly in the ice world where there are certain like there are lanterns everywhere that you can you can hit and cloud jump off and some of them will be like you hit it and it moves the lantern up and the idea yep. is you're supposed to like cloud step climb up through this thing and it took me so many goes so many goes to get through like i think that was the part on the plane where i would have like snapped his at least an hour and a half of you know in 30 minute increments of putting the thing down and being like fuck, I can't touch this or I will snap the switch in half. Like, I'm so frustrated right now. And a couple of times I did make it to the top. I'd only have two two bars of health left and immediately some enemy would attack me and die. And I'd be like, where's the fucking checkpoint? I need this checkpoint so bad. Yeah, um, I actually found myself, even in the um, 8-bit linear sections, backtracking and, and getting more um, currency so I could buy some upgrades that would make uh, my traversal easier. Sure. I... There is one, if you, are, if, you, if you haven't played it yet, uh, the first one you should go for is the one that um, stops attacks from being anything more than two, um, lo- losing two bars of health at once and, and, and like halves a, isn't one. Isn't that one like a thousand? Yeah, I, I just went back. I grinded. I, I, right. I, I like. I like to grind, baby. Um, I think. I think one of the most my my most useful one, in my opinion, is um, there's one you can buy that if you press jump after getting hit, because each oh, yeah. you get hit by an enemy and it knocks you back. But if you press jump, you kind of flip and turn it into a like a cloud step essentially. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, which the number of times. Because there are some gnarly sections where it's like you're jumping over crumbling platforms with nothing beneath you, getting attacked by enemies the whole way. Like I would have died twice as much as I did on those sections if I didn't have that move. Uh, so there are collectibles in this game. There are uh, apparently if you get them all, there's like forty something of them. Forty five. Um, you unlock some extremely powerful weapon. Um, I think I'm gonna look. I want to look up what it is because there's no fucking way I'm gonna get that. Do thing. you know how many how many you had left? 15, 14, something I, in that. I, I, I had five. At one point, I was like, I'm totally going to 100% this game. I love this game. And then mm-hmm. there, there were a few. And the, the bulk of my deaths came from the chase sequence and also just trying to get these last... Just- there, there was a few in there that, like... like you have to like float downwards, missing all these, uh, you know, Spin, hazards, spinning blades, and, and stuff. then like yeah, you've got to kind of strike certain things that give you momentum. So then, oh god, yeah. There's there's one screen that had a green coin on it where it's like two platforms on a chain swinging back and forward, but swinging through all these like circular saw blades essentially. Yep. And I just I had a few attempts in it and was like I can't work out how to do this i can't do this yeah i'm not doing this. some of them once you figure out the puzzle it like there are, there are puzzle elements to sure. it like it's less skill and more just kind of like oh this is how you do it and then just yeah. like yeah it's actually easier than that's it that's how i got to 15 was there finding a bunch of those where i'm like at first going this seems impossible and then working out the trick and going oh cool coin done yep yeah there, there are a few that were like there are like like six of those monsters breathing fire and you have to wait until there's like fire like across the the, the like the gap <gasps> and then you have to cloud step all the way up yeah the I, gap. Did, I did not get that cool. no me neither <laughs> and i never will no um <laughs> there was an even harder one where it was like uh 
um, like the falling rocks. Like every now and then a rock will fall. And I think you were meant to like cloud step along the like these quickly okay. falling rocks. No, that's not okay. going yeah. to happen. Yeah. Sorry, messenger. I will say as well, um, the story is just odd. I, I enjoyed how odd it was. Because um, I, I, for the most part, it doesn't like it. It doesn't present to you as a story. Mm. It only does in a very like I feel like knowingly awkward way when they, they just give you that really long info dump before the final. That's right. World. That's I think that's what I found really odd is that I'd spent all this time chasing this story, going like, okay, cool, this is great, this is good, this is etc. Then that info dump came, and I was like. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What? You, and it's just—it's so long, it's so drawn out. You can't speed the text up. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And it—it's like okay, I get where you're going with this. Yeah. You've been so good at building the world through narrative and 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 dialogue without dumping story on sure. us. Why do this now? Yeah. And the story they dump is just, it's, it's this, it's a love story between yeah. a guy and a girl, and then the demon comes along. I'm like. Can I just get back to beating up on shit and like using that sick like dart rope thing? <laughs> I, uh, I I really loved though that there are different messengers throughout time. Yeah, I, that that element was sick. I loved that bit, especially the uh, kind of Easter egg, the post credit scene. What was the what was the? Oh really? Okay, uh, skip forward fifteen seconds if you don't want to know what the post credit scene is for the messenger. It's I, not that interesting. I probably saw it. Uh, it's a it's the the shopkeeper is talking to a cowgirl. Cowboy. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like to be continued. Yeah. Oh, yep. Saw that. Okay. I would love a Western game from this same developer. Th- that would be incredible. Um, so it was made by Sabotage Studio, published by Devolver Digital. Um, and uh, definitely one of the best games Which I they, played this it year. It seems like based on some um, dialogue in the game, like they begged Devolver to publish it or something. Oh, really? I missed yeah, that. Yeah. There's something where it's like, you know, when you when you repeatedly ask Devolver to please publish your game or something like that, right? So it's as yeah. explicit as that. There was also a weirdly heartfelt bit of um, bit of dialogue towards the end where he talks about like it's like the last story yeah, that and you he, get off the shopkeeper. Starts, starts thanking, did, yeah, is and it he, like Patreon members or something? I don't I don't know. Know. I'm thinking it's just people who worked on his team or something, right? But like they inspired him to to chase his creative dream and stuff like that, and I was. Um, because the whole story is like this boy climbed in a well because he didn't want to, like, share his stuff with the right, world. Course, and then yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so that bit, I was like, this is a bit mawkish. But then when he started thanking people, I was like, oh. Pretty nice. I do love... Maybe, maybe it's because I'm 35,000 feet in the air, but oh. I, lo- I do love it when they hide um, the names of the creators or, or like, all the, you know, the Patreon uh, d- yeah. d- d- donators somewhere in the game. Yeah. Holy Knight did it really well. Shovel Knight did it really well. Wasteland, Actually, uh, Wasteland 2, which we'll talk about later. Uh, and does a bit and of that. Uh, the, the best indie game of uh, September 2018. Spider Man uh, has a really great, uh, has all of the pictures um, and names of the, the team on the wall at, as like employees of the month at the um, oh, amazing. Home, homeless shelter that Aunt May works at. Oh, Pretty cool. That's real nice. So, like, at any point in the game, you can go look at this, like, kind of shrine to the people who made it. Cool. Really sweet. Um, the Messenger, really fucking good. You yep. should definitely play it. Um, it's a killer handheld game. Yeah. Um, amazing, amazing game. I, I need... I, I could not imagine playing this on a TV, but just because I need precision mm. uh, for so many of the insane jumps. Uh, a game I'm going to be talking about later on, Guacamelee 2, which I've been playing on PS2, is uh, less reliant on like precision jumping and, and and sliding and stuff like that so it lends itself quite well to television play but sure. 
um, this is like I just I need to hold it as close to my face as possible. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'd I'd say must play. Yeah, I'd say it's must play. And uh, the soundtrack is on uh, all streaming services oh, if you dope. ever want to get down to it. This guy's like the eight bit and sixteen bit versions of all the oh, songs, cool. which is really really cool. Um, it was composed by Eric W. Brown. Nice. I guess anyone cares. Well done, Eric. I really dug it. Um, so that is uh, The Messenger, a game that we both played and finished in the last month. Um, we actually that- had quite a lot of crossover this month. Yeah. What we've um, been playing, which is so cool. Let's talk about a game that uh, took us significantly less time to finish than uh, The Messenger, and I imagine it was a great deal easier for you as well. Yes. Um, and this is a game that was uh, developed in Australia um, and published by Australians um, by a group called The Voxel Agents. Ah, they're Australian. Yeah. That's sick. Okay, um, I was unaware. Uh, that's right. Um, and it was uh, actually uh, features music. Um, Tim Tim Shiel. By Tim Shiel, a.k.a. Faux Pas. Um, actually, now that I've said that they're definitely Australian, I'm like, oh, fuck, maybe they're not because the main guy from Voxel is, uh, his name is Heinrich Pettersen. Well, uh, we're... It's not we're, looking good for me, John. We're a melting pot society, mate. We've, you know, all, all sorts have come here. Yep. Also, Heinrich Pedersen is apparently a designer at CNN. What the fuck is going on here? Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was cool seeing that Tim Shield did the music. I was like, oh, snap. Voxel Agents from Melbourne, Australia. There oh, you go. nice. There yeah, we go. Tim Shield, aka Fopar, did the music. I don't think we've actually said the name of the game yet. It's, it's called The Gardens the, Between. The Gardens Between. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Um, I think there was definitely trailers coming out of... They had a booth at the PAX I went to in Seattle last year uh-huh. and showing kind of like they didn't have playable demos. They just had trailer running. Right. But even that trailer I stopped and stared at for like, you know, watched maybe a couple of repetitions of it. Just like, oh, shit, this looks incredible. Yeah. Um, the first I heard of it was in that last Indies um, presentation. Yeah. And it was one of the standouts for that for me. Um, so the basic idea, as we said, it's a puzzle game. Um you play as two characters, a, a, a guy and a girl, um, who have to traverse these almost dreamlike landscapes. Made up of memories. Made up of memories. From so, the- or, or items from memories that the two of you share. Yep. Um, the thing is, you don't actually control the guy and the girl. You control time. So these sort of, as you, you know... Literally, the controls are left, right, and occasional button presses where there are interactive elements in the world. Yeah, and uh, when you push uh, to your right, that moves time forward, forward and left moves it back. Yeah. Um, and so, because you're not controlling them, you're just watching their journey through this world. And at various points, which is where the puzzling comes in, hitting these interactive elements. So, the the you finish each level by placing this... this lantern thing the two of you placing a lantern thing which you have to often light during your traversal through each world through a series of puzzles um and often you get this light from lotus flowers that are scattered around but they do all these amazing things with the time element of it where it might be like there's a waterfall cascading at part of the level and as you move past it, one of those lotus flowers will cascade down the waterfall and you have to stop for long enough for the light from the lotus flower to go into your lantern. They do a lot of cool things where it's like it's just you have to wait in the right time or wait at the right point in the level 
and even though time has stopped, an element of it will keep going. I remember there was one where you you tune a frequency because I I got stuck on that for a bit and kept moving. Oh, like, the one with the Walkman where there are three different songs. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. That was such an incredible. Was level. it? No, no. Oh, the Walkman one was fantastic, but this was an earlier one. I think it's after. It's the computer level. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so it's like there's an oscillo. Sorry, it's it's an oscilloscope. And I was like going, okay, I've, I, I've wound up through all the frequencies. And at one point, a glass a glass covering one of the lotus flowers moves, but nothing seems to happen. And it was only by accident that I like, oh, put it on the frequency, let it pause. And then the glass rattled harder and shattered. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Like there are so many moments of that wonderful delight of puzzle solving in this game. So much so, yeah. I, and, and it's like one of those great ones where you can get it by figuring it out in your head or you can get it through experimentation. And yeah. either way, both is really satisfying. And that's why I think this is a great game um, to uh, play with someone who is not as avid a gamer as you. Yeah. Um, if you are you know, a gamer, you will definitely get you know a lot out of this game. But I think this is a great one to play with kids. Sure. Um, or or with, a, with your partner on the couch um, playing it together. Tr- trying not to wrench the uh, control out of their hands. <laughs> It was, um, I, f- I feared during my experience that I would reach a point of frustration of, fuck it, I'm just going to go to the internet and work out how to do this one. And there were, a, I got close a couple of times. Mm. There were some real fucking stompers. Ones that involve not so much experimenting with the world, but just working out an order that things need to happen in that that i was okay with for me it was like you were saying with the the the, the frequency the, the pausing the pausing on certain i didn't realize I, I would always forget that if i if i waited with my hand on it mm. it would uh you know it would keep going like there are yeah. certain things that keep going even even though the characters you're you know controlling through time stop mm. um i love uh describing games by comparing them to other games sure and so i would say that this game is um you have the kind of like toy box element of captain toad okay um you have the time mechanics of braid yep back and forth through time yep yep um you have the puzzle solving of um zach and wiki mm-hmm. um which is an excellent uh capcom game on wii um and then you also have the kind of um exploration um and wonder side of um uh, what was the, uh, the the two games on iOS? Um, uh, Monument Valley. Monument Valley, one, sure. two. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I can see that. Um, I dived into this after I finished The Messenger, and I'll say that, like, it is a perfect palate cleanser. It's so zen. <laughs> like, I can, I can honestly, if you're coming off the back of something as stressful as something like The Messenger or even, I'd say, Celeste probably as well, mm-hmm. or if you're coming off the back of a huge AAA game that's just been, been chewing up your time and attention, this is a breath of fresh air. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it was... I think it would have taken me three to four hours to finish. I, I would put it in the same basket as like Donut County as well. It's yeah. like a game that is like, you know, you understand that it's a lot. It's, it's certainly a bit more difficult than Donut County. Um, yes, definitely. Um, definitely more difficult. But it is as relaxing and, and yeah. sweet. Yeah. Um, uh, a friend of ours, Ayers, DJ Ayers from New York, okay. uh, wrote to me this week saying that um, a while ago I recommended the um, iOS game Florence. And Wonderful. Uh, nice. his, his daughters love it. Um, oh, okay. And he, he wanted to know what if there are other kind of like gentle story games that I could recommend. And I, Garden, reco- I recommended yeah. Donut County and The Gardens Between. Nice. Yeah. Did you did you kind of the, 
there is a story of sorts to the gardens between. Oh yeah, and you... like the, the finale, absolutely. Sure, but did you did you have an inkling of what it was? Like what what the kind of all right, skip fifteen seconds in the future if you don't want to have another spoiler. <laughs> but did you like from the at the beginning of the game from context clues? I was like, oh, these like one of them's about to move away. Right, I was like, they're saying goodbye to each other yeah. for some reason. And then def- it, it wasn't until the very end. I was like, oh right, that's there's nice. definitely there's that element of goodbye. But I think in like at one point there's a box that says like Alina's room or something oh, like sure that, thing, and yeah, I don't yeah. think I don't think it's. At the end, it's not the girl that moves away, but I still was like, "Oh, okay, it's it'll be a separation of some description." Um, um, so, John, I have to admit that um, I was not as uh, as strong-willed as you. Um, I had to look up just once. Um, Which one? The um, one with the VCR. Um, where you, I, I didn't realize that, right. that was the first it's example the, of you having pausing. to hold hold it down right. and it, okay. it does something. I was like, "How the fuck do you do it?" And I was just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Mm. And I, 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 I just wanted like a, like a small second anyway. But I'm glad I did it because we played it on the Switch. And in that in that game in that level, there is a um, uh, like a um, like a video game console sure. um, that makes up the memories. It's like kind of like from like the the entertainment room yeah. um, part of their memories. Um, so you have like a VCR and you have a, uh, a television and, and, uh, and a console and the console slightly resembles like an old SNES on yeah. the Switch version. Um, I watched it on someone playing it on PS4, I guess. Okay. Or maybe PC, I'm not sure, but it was a totally different console. Really? Which I thought was really, really cool little That's tidbit. Lovely like, little detail. It looks more like a PS4. I loved on that computer level. Oh god, just, that was such a clever level. Just thinking of thinking of puzzles that really like really impressed me. You have to type in a code on that computer level and the way that you just the way you type the code in is that as the characters walk through the level, there's a little nine nine button keypad and they'll step over the, the nine buttons. And they only step over I think it's That's five like, five different yeah. Of the numbers, and you have to work out the order of which you, they step on them. The thing is, you're shown the code fairly easily. There's like a, a, a ticking counter nearby that, as you walk through, will stop on the code. Very obviously, you go like, oh, that's obviously a code. But the way, I mean, again, spoilers, if you haven't played this game, skip forward. It's hard to discuss great puzzles without talking about the solution. This is just one of like 30 in the Yeah. So, yeah. But just the way you have to rock time back and forth in very small increments yeah. to like, and to have them stutter step on the keys and click it in. And it's- Oh my god, that was so good! Yeah, really, really rewarding. Yeah, um, this is totally a game that like I could see myself returning to once a year. Yeah, um, and and to go through the puzzles again, especially if I was showing it to somebody. Yeah, they are really, really fun, and and, I, and it's it's we didn't even mention how gorgeous it looks. Oh, it's, it's how, how wonderful it sounds. Yeah. Um, the atmosphere. It's one of the best looking games that I've played on Switch. I think. Yeah, um, and I played it almost entirely handheld. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I loved this game. Yeah. This is another absolute must-play. It definitely is on the more expensive side. Um, I think it was 30 Yeah, and for a relatively short experience, um, you know, it depends what what kind of value you put on games. I don't, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that, like, you know, this amount of money should therefore give me this amount of time. Yeah. Uh, this is a really, really beautiful experience and definitely one that you could revisit. I think it was Firewatch that... 
that first gave me that because I remember seeing something on Steam where someone was like, "I loved Firewatch, but it was too short for the amount of money I paid, and I want a refund." And the developers were like, "You fucking loved we'll, it. You said we'll you give loved you, it. We'll, gi- we'll give you a re. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, oh no, I thought you were accusing me of writing that thing on Steam. Uh, they were like, "Look, we'll give you a refund, but that's how much we think. Like the amount of effort we put into this game, that's how much we think it costs." And that's when I kind of went like, "I'm happy to pay." like 30 bucks for instance and if the game goes for four hours but it tells me a great story or it gives me an amazing experience yeah i think if yeah, if a game goes for four perfect. hours but you love every minute of those oh, four yeah. hours then that's money well spent yeah of course um yeah i'm i'm throwing a must play on this as well yeah me i too. think just just for like you said the the beautiful atmosphere of each of these worlds um and you sort of the funny thing is each like each world itself is not a memory. There will often be like three worlds in a row, each with different sort of furniture, if you will, but together they form the memory. Yep. So like there's the the one with the computer is connected with one that has dinosaur bones. That's right. And is, oh, that was is a great like level. amazing because as you move through time, the dinosaur skeleton collapses around the yep. world and you have to like pull time backwards and forwards at certain points so you can walk over certain bones yeah, so like, so, yeah good. so good Man, but uh, then there's like one other one and those three worlds together form one memory of them at like a like sneaking in a museum or something like so that so good um I yeah lo- i love all the the when you have to um manipulate the robots as well to carry your lantern <laughs> yes, for you yes that's actually really, that, really that's, clever that's, that's a big element of a lot of the worlds is yep. is having to use these I almost I thought of them as dogs, like little kind of <laughs> little cube shaped dogs sure. that hold your lantern and jump around the world for you. There's no explanation as to why there's robots in your yeah, memories, but it's nothing. great. They make up a great part of the puzzle. Yeah, such a good game. I, I actually could play this again, you know, next week. Yeah, just because it was so beautiful and I enjoyed it. Shall we? Um, we've we've been very complimentary to two games so far. Shall we flip it up and discuss a game that? neither of us quite gelled with that's a really good idea but before we do that john i would like to just quickly ask everybody listening right now to uh, open up their smartphone or laptop mm. and uh, head to uh, twitter.com slash all the small game nice because uh great segue we want it we want to do we want to put a bit more up on the uh up on our social media accounts um yeah. and uh it's good to know that there is an audience there yeah it's like you know we have a lot of listeners um considering we've only put out like six episodes but like less than a fifth yeah. less than like a, 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 a what's less than a fifth a third sixth a sixth yeah. sixth Wait, I don't know. how yeah. does it work less than a the, oh the yeah the bottom number gets higher yeah i'm a fucking idiot no, yeah. no, <laughs> <laughs> um i was like yeah yeah don't worry fuck i handle the maths in this podcast yeah, yeah. it's all right guys what's the smallest percentage like zero yep that's how many people follow us on twitter <laughs> so, uh, so hit us up uh, at all the, all the small game leave the s on the uh, on the back uh leave the s, uh, s off it i mean yep. it's, it's one character too many yeah um you can now tweet with more characters but you, not if your username is more than have a long all the small game is you're the maths guy. Work it out. Um, also, while you're 14. on, while you're on the computer, um, why not head to our Facebook page as well, um, which is facebook.com/slash 
um, all the small games. Yep. We managed to get the uh, good one there. We are currently at 68 likes. Whoa. You could be the most important like we'll ever get if you're the next person to like all the small games on Facebook. Um, And it's a great way to just let us know the games that you're enjoying at the moment or all the games that you've picked up on our recommendation. Did you like them as much as we did? Did you hate them? Let us know. We're always keen to uh, talk to listeners. And we we also have an email address, which you can hit up at any point, uh, allthesmallgames at gmail.com. Uh, we've got an email to read at the end of the show too. Um, and we love hearing from everybody, especially if it's about games that, you know, we might not have talked about. Especially yeah. could, you, you could be letting us know about a game that we've never heard of. Is it in the Facebook terms of service that we have to 69, the 69th person that likes our page? I hope so. Sweet. <laughs> like we, but how does that work? Can two people 69 it's, one person at the same like time? It's like a triangle kind of deal. You're the mask guy. <laughs> I don't want to be the mascot anymore. Um, um, so we are a mostly very positive podcast so yeah. far in our short life span. Yeah. Um, and uh, look, I, I don't want to completely pummel this game into the ground because I really, really like the publisher. The publisher is Team 17, most famous for giving us the Worm series. Uh, and more recently, most famous <laughs> most for giving, for giving us, us Worms. worms. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, uh, more recently, uh, better known for Overcooked, Overcooked. and uh, Yoku's Island Express, yep. which we reviewed earlier in the some, year. They've got some great games under their belt. And recently they put out their 100th game, um, and that game is called Planet Alpha, um, and it was a game that uh, the trailers looked beautiful. I was so excited, so um, excited for this game. Because this game is a Limbo-like. Yes. Which is a game where you... Uh, it's a side-scrolling... Um, where your character can't really do anything except like walk to the right or and die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it was perfected with Inside, made by the same studio as Limbo. Yeah. Uh, and um, and it, honestly, it's rough on them to... like. <laughs> Inside is almost like Dark Souls in that it's now a game that is held up as a comparison for every game that resembles it even slightly kind of thing. Sure. I mean, Dark Souls, Dark Souls is more about the difficulty of it, but like any side-scrolling... Platform, linear platformer is now like oh yeah inside did this incredibly how well does this stack up to it right sure um like little little nightmares has come very close to being as good yeah as yeah, yeah pretty much i think little little nightmares has done it the best i've seen millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In so far. And these games also owe a little bit to like the Abe's Odyssey. Um, oh, 100%. Oddworld sure. games as well. Um, 
that's that's definitely true. Where they're kind of like puzzle-based platformers. Yes. Um, I just... So, yeah, I was very excited when I saw Planet Alpha. Um, it was developed by a team who solely, solely existed to develop Planet Alpha. Uh, yeah. their, their development team is called Planet Alpha APS. Yeah. Designed by Tim Borifors. Yeah, which means Scandinavian somewhere. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of had a lot of excitement going into this. Bought it the moment it came out and started playing it. And... I'm not I don't want to pummel the developers but I just think that they kind of missed the mark with it. It's a very it's a very beautiful game. I will say this, the world that they have created is is lush and full of color and very interesting. But I think they spent so long working on the world that it kind of robbed from the game itself. Well, so like you can see how vivid the world you're exploring is but so many times in the game i couldn't really see my character that was that was my one of my biggest problems is that so much yeah so much emphasis was put on the world that it it took away from inside definitely had moments like that where it would pull back and show you the world but then it would always push right back in and you would be focused on your little guy running through the world but like my character would be like like uh see-through like yeah. opaque and I couldn't like there was just no texture to it yeah and so basically your, your character is like you are um, a, a, a little space, space guy space guy who space crash lands on an alien planet and uh, you basically have to walk from left to right and uh, like stealth past like invading aliens and also local well, they're, not even, they're not even invading aliens it's robots robots they're robots yeah. every time um, they suck too they're shitty y- enemy yeah I lot- remember how like in Limbo, and I know, I know you, you even said like it sucks that everyone compares it to yeah, but like the enemies in those games were so memorable and creepy and like different every time. Like, but even getting getting past them in Limbo and in Inside was a logical process. Definitely. Whereas I felt like a lot of the time in Planet Alpha, I was just lucking it, or like I would die, but I would die on the checkpoint, so it counted it as yeah. oh, you got past that bit, and so it wasn't really like I didn't feel. Sense of, sense of achievement yeah. you just managed to luck into it um it's maybe it's because i haven't finished it but at no point did i with both limbo and inside and to a certain extent little nightmares although little nightmares was more about survival the story even though there was no dialogue or speech in either of them there was still enough story being told that made me go, I want to keep going. I need to find out what's going on here. I never got that with Planet Alpha. Well, I mean, Limbo is like the story is in the name. Yeah. So that's the, and that's like enough of like kind of like the... But even, even with that, there's a sense of like the exploration is the story. And even though exploration is still the name of the game in Planet Alpha, it never... These marauding robots, I was never interested enough in why they were marauding. Like, the, And the, the weird thing is, there's a prologue at the beginning of, of Planet Alpha where you play as clearly the spaceman later on in the game, wounded, walking very slowly, you know, kind of dying as they go. And the prologue ends with them kind of collapsing outside this glowing cave. But at no point was I like, oh, I need to find out what's in that glowing cave. That was cave. so slow. That, yeah. That, that opening, I was just like, oh, man, this game's yeah. going to drag. 
It, 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 I thought that I was like that was going to be like the your the speed of your movement for the entire if game. If that was it, I would not have played as much as I have played. I've I've gotten up into a point in the game where I'm I'm just flailing around. I don't know what I'm supposed to do at this point. It's there it's, was one clever moment where um you trick I had to trick a robot into following me, and then because he walks into a certain area, he gets the attention of a much bigger alien who then like stomps over the robot. Right. And that was like, oh, cool. That was satisfying. Um, but like, yeah, everything else is like, it's like very, very simple, but frustrating. Mm. Um, and the mechanics, there's, like, it's, like, there's, very... a, there's a weird mechanic in it. That's never explained very properly where you can manipulate the day night cycle of the yeah. planet. And so it's... certain platforms only show up at yeah. night and that kind of thing. And even when you're in the jungle, it might be like, there are insect aliens that attack you, but at night, flowers nearby open, releasing some kind of pheromone that attracts the insects away from you, allowing you to run. Or there's a fungus that shoots explosive spores that you need to, like... But it only shows up at night. Yep. Like, it never... In, like, I, I don't want my hand held, but I want a little bit more information about what I'm supposed to do as opposed to just, like... Well, I've run 15 steps. I'm going to do a total day-night cycle to see if I'm missing anything and then keep moving another 15 steps and do the same thing. Yep. Um, yeah. Over, overall, it felt, it, felt in a very, it felt in a very weird way like an en- a, a game engine test. Yeah, definitely. Like or, or, or like a procedurally generated game. Where, where it's like oh yeah it's a bit wonky but like you know it's making it up as it goes along yeah like, well it cl- it clearly looked like they've crafted the world they made i think it just it it almost stands as a like look how beautiful we can make worlds with this software we've created sure. not look how interesting a game we can make yeah um uh, it's gotten mostly positive reviews so we are we're in the minority of people who yeah. dislike this game but uh, it's, I, i'm 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 glad to hear that you also didn't like this game not because it's fun to hate things but because i was like what am i missing yeah uh, and i just uh, i think yeah this a lot was missed in the execution of this game i think it's important like i wouldn't say we were dunking on it i think our criticisms are fair like i don't think i don't think we can ever say anything on this podcast where it's like oh i just hate it no fuck like, no need- especially i I'm, I'm always happy like i have a comic book review yeah. podcast called serious issues i'm I'll always heap shit on marvel or dc because they can take it they probably deserve it yeah um but an indie developer like same indie developer or an indie publisher or even like you know just a a smaller creative team sure like i'll I'll shit on a massive publisher but not the people who created it for of the course. most part um but yeah I, I i think indie games uh you know the, the budgets are nowhere near as big as mm. what they need sometimes and um but yeah i think that, yeah, they definitely missed the mark with this game I think it's I'll finish I like I I got to this point that I started flailing and put it down. I think that's when I really went in on hard on messenger. Mm-hmm. So good. So um you mentioned that um that the gardens between was a great palate cleanser for the messenger for you. For mm-hmm. me the gardens between was like oh my god this is so much better yeah. than planet alpha. <laughs> yeah. Um because it is like you know you you're just holding the stick forward and 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 mm. small interactions with with this uh weird environment like the, if you want to simplify both games down to that but I got so much more out of gardens between than planet alpha. Oh. I I've I've archived this game. I don't I don't need to finish it. I I think I've just I've come so far through it and I want to see what the narrative payoff is for what they set up at the beginning. But I think 
as as much as I expressed distaste for something like the Gardens Between of looking up, like giving getting hints online or something, mm-hmm. I think this bit I'm flailing at, I just need to know. Yep. What what haven't you signed? Like what haven't you adequately signposted for me in this instance? Get me moving again. I want to. I definitely want to finish the game, like I said, but I don't think I'm going to have. I don't think there's going to be a moment between where I'm at and the finish where I'm like everything clicks and I'm like, oh, this is incredible. Yep. It's it's yeah. It's definitely the scale of what happens in this. Like there are awesome bits where huge flying alien creatures screech overhead as you run along, but then you die. Because a robot shot you, you weren't because you couldn't see your character. Because, oh, so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's Planet Alpha. Um, I'm not saying it's a must not play, but we it, neither, neither, didn't. We didn't. Neither of us loved it. If you if you played it and you loved it, please, please, please hit us up online and tell us why. I'm genuinely curious. Especially if we haven't mentioned the thing that you love about. Yeah. It. Yeah. If if. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> um, uh-huh. <laughs> Siri, why do people like Planet Alpha? I can't get the answer to that on HomePod. Neither can we. End of review. Yeah. Um, with special guest Siri. Uh, so uh, we reviewed three games on the Switch thus far in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've reviewed, sorry, I've played two games. Um, and both of which were on different systems to the Switch. Do it. Um, I mentioned at the end of uh, last episode that I bought a PlayStation Vita. Yes. Um, I bought it so I could play Symphony of the Night, which was just announced uh, to be released as a remastered game on PS4 in a month. Oh, great. (laughs) But I've fallen in love with this console. It is so good. And uh, a big part of why I love the console so much is because I have so many years of uh, being a PS Plus member in which I would just buy the... I would just, you know accept all the free games every single month um, and which means I have like a library of about a hundred and something Vita games from over sure. the years which include a lot of great indie ones um, and uh, one of those games is a game that uh, as a Metroidvania fan always comes up and it's something that I've um, always gone like oh shit you know if that comes to- I wish that would come to Switch um, after playing it I'm like oh my god why isn't this on the Switch because there's so many Nintendo references all the way throughout it um, it's called Guacamelee which I have also played on Steam. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, so this game came out in... Haven't finished, but played. Oh, man, you've got to finish it. It's so much fun. Sure. Um, it, uh, it's, uh, it, it, finished, it came out in 2013. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, was developed by um, Drinkbox Studios. Um, and uh, it's basically a, a Metroidvania in which you play a Mexican wrestler, a luchador. 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 Um, named, named Juan. Um, Drinkbox Studios are a Canadian developer, um, and basically, yeah, you uh, you traverse between um, the land of the living and the land of the dead, mm-hmm. um, and uh, within those, you encounter like different enemies, and there are really clever puzzles where you can only attack certain enemies while you are in the same land as them. Yeah, so you've got to like kind of like switch between uh, frames so you can sure. attack or, or, or dodge their attacks. Um, my wife just came home. What's up, B? Hey. How's it going? What was your favorite indie game that you played in September? <laughs> she laughed at me. It happens, it happens a lot. Um, but yeah. It was uh, Planet Alpha, but why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Guacamelee um, is 
just I mean, how far did you get up to? Do you remember? Oh, not very far. It's it's mentioned in previous episodes. My stupid janky Logitech gamepad. Oh yeah, of course. Frustrating to play. I'm I desperately want this to come to Switch as well. I would yeah. love to play this on Switch. I think it was on Wii U. I think I owned it on Wii U and never played it on Wii U. Um, um, but yeah, it was perfect for Vita. Yeah, um, I love the art. The art in it's fantastic. Yes, just, just that kind of like. The colors and the way, like the geometry of the the characters, almost. The, well, they all, everyone yeah. looks like they they're a um, pinata. Yeah. Um, like it's got, everyone kind of looks a little bit a little bit paper crafty. I was gonna say there's yeah. that there's a real paper craft element to it. Um, uh, and there are like just it's just peppered with video game references throughout it. Like you you get your upgrades by um, breaking like Chuzo statues, which is a play on the Chozo statues that you. Um, get your upgrades from in super metroid Mm -hmm. um and then there's like yeah there's references to mario there's references to memes and mega man and so many games in the first one um and uh it was just a really really fun experience throughout it um the upgrades you get um are are really fun to use and chain and like just different way like a a lot of it is melee based it's like wrestling moves right that's right yeah Yeah. yeah. um and uh there are like basically like there are so there are certain enemies that can only that, that that are surrounded by a shield that can only be busted open if you uppercut them or if you slam down on them. Mm. But like they're it's represented by a color, so you know that like a red one, red shield's going to be busted by an uppercut, but a green shield can only be busted by slamming down. Sure. So you have like towards the end, you'll enter a room and suddenly the, the walls will close, and then you'll have like on two planes of if, of existence. Sure. Um, you'll have like the land of the living and land of the dead. You'll have like three enemies from each, and each of them has got a different shell on them that you have to break using different combos while sl- flicking between the two worlds mm-hmm. to kill to kill their enemies. It's really really challenging. There are some boss. There is one boss battle. The second last boss battle is one of the hardest bosses I've ever fought in my life. Oh, dang. It's this jaguar, um, and I was like like so frustrated. It was more, it was harder than anything in the messenger. Do you? Do you fight that Jaguar a few times over the course of... Am I thinking of the right boss? You see him a few times. You don't actually fight him. Is there a section towards the beginning of the game where you run from him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, that character. Oh, no, that's just a monster. Right, okay. Um, yeah, this Jaguar is like... He, he looks like a person. He's just, right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Someone completely different. Um, but... Uh, this is like like Hollow Knight levels of... Uh, of like a, a really long like slowly chipping away at his damage as you d- avoid every single attack by and the the enemies can also go from one from the land of the living to the land of the dead mm-hmm. and you have to match which whatever plane they're on oh nice oh my god dude and so much so that when it went, when it went just like within in the messenger like i actually found the final boss not very challenging compared to some of the other bosses sure in the lead up to get there i certainly died more in the platforming sections than i did in the bosses okay in the second half whereas it was the opposite in the uh, in, the, in first the first half, half of the game sure um but uh, yeah, Quack- the second last boss in the first Guacamole game actually has like I read interviews with the devs where they were like, "Yeah, we regret making that boss as hard as it was because oh, damn. You, you, we never taught the player to play like that until that boss, right? Because you have to yeah, play like that's some uneven. There's a dodge learn. move that you have to use like okay. constantly, right, to get through that. It's uh, it was really satisfying when I finally beat sure. him. I don't know if I could ever do it again, right? <laughs> but yeah, when you when you do get to the final boss, it's it's a piece of cake compared yeah. to how hard that one was. Um, and so uh, I finished that. 
um, uh, uh, on the Vita a couple of weeks ago and then went straight into the newly released Guacamelee 2. Um, which uh, I think is only yeah, out on PS, out. PS4. PS4, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah but Maybe it, Steam as well? Sure. Uh, it plays really well on PS4. I was worried because I don't like playing platformers uh, on, on my TV. Um, okay. I much prefer a platformer in handheld, just for, for precision. But mm-hmm. because Guacamole is just that little bit slower. Um, and, and bolder uh, and more colourful, I think. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's also... Um, for me, it's like, yeah, like, like the quick kind of like... Um, it's not reflex. Not it's as not, as twitchy. As, not as twitchy, reflex yeah. based um, kind of platforming. Um, the messenger, I just yeah could, could never play on a TV. No, no, no. Um, but uh, yeah, Guacamole Two um, actually has like so it's it's you you have to travel through the Mexiverse. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. And there's like I'll so different versions of yourself, and also this like goat from the first game that gives you all your powers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you have to basically like travel through the Mexiverse to find the villain who's going to bring an end to everything, blah, blah, blah. It's really, really fun. But with that, brings the opportunity to make fun of and reference so many more video games. Amazing. And so the first place you go to is like, oh, like you meant, you meant to go to the darkest timeline. And like, oh, this isn't the darkest timeline. This is just the dark timeline. And you're black and white and like silhouetted um, okay. and you're like oh he's like oh come through here sorry it's the wrong one and just as you go through the portal um a massive spider leg from limbo goes <gasps> so amazing like full-on limbo reference which amazing. was excellent and then he's like and this is like really early on the game so it's not really spoiling anything it's just a really funny joke um but the next part is uh you you like it's like oh this isn't the darkest timeline this is the baddest timeline and it's all the um like side scrolling beat em up oh, games, like bad dudes. Kind of thing. and it's like it's like a Mexican version of um, bad, bad, uh, bad dudes. Where it's right. like you're bad enough dude to rescue the president, but right. it's like you know it's in, in Spanish. It's fucking sure. great. It's so fun. Um, and uh, I uh, yeah, I'd be about halfway through the sequel, um, okay. and I think it's it improves on the first game in, in every oh, cool. in every way. And even as someone that went like like genuinely from the first game immediately into the second. I'm not tired of any of the mechanics, even though they, uh, you know, how normally when you play a sequel to a game where it's all about upgrading your character and you go back and they, they strip off the powers, those things that you got used to immediately and you like got to get them again. Oh, normally right. that's a slog, but in this one, it's like many years in the future and one, the hero is just out of shape. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so it's, it's not that he's like had his powers taken away from him. It's that he hasn't trained. So he's just fat and, and can't, can't move like he used to. Um, and, uh, you actually start getting new powers um, before you get your old ones back, which oh. is a, a cool, cool spin on it. Cool, nice. Um, it's definitely going to be something that I'm going to be concentrating on uh, over the next week, few weeks, um, and uh, I'll report back in on that game. But man, like, if you haven't played the Guacamelee games, they're uh, top tier Metroidvania sure. uh, platformers. Um, they're just really, really satisfying, fun, and uh, just different from all the other Metroidvanias too. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um- I really hope that Guacamelee 2 is a timed exclusive to PS4. Man, the amount of Nintendo references yeah. in... like I, I'm, I'm baffled that Nintendo even let this on a Sony uh, platform. <laughs> Crazy. Just because, like, yeah, there, there's so many just, like, like just deliberate Nintendo yeah. references. There are, like, yeah, I mean, there's, like, there's, like... Mexican wrestling versions of heaps of um, indie games in the first one. There's like a poster for like um, Castle Crashes. Oh, okay. But yeah. like they're all in like luchador masks. Amazing. <laughs> um, there's heaps of ones like that. Yeah. So was that the only PS game that you played? I think there was there another one on that list. 
Oh, uh, no, those, those are the two. I mean, obviously Spider-Man as well. Wasn't there something about Clash of the Carrots? Oh, that's a Switch game. I, I was oh, going to mention right, that right. later okay. on. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's get back on the Switch. And speaking of burly dudes beating the crap out of things, <laughs> Broforce is on the Switch. Let's go, bro. Let's go, bro. Um, yeah, I played Broforce originally on PC. I played uh, it originally on PS4. Yep. Uh, never finished it on PC, so I was happy to come back and take another swing at it. Mm-hmm. Um, f- fuck, it's a good game. I it's, really love. Blur. I really, so yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I was, I had, I had a bunch of like stuff away from home, um, the weekend that Spider Man came out. All mm-hmm. I wanted to do was uh, be at home and play Spider Man, but I had like a, uh, I was hosting an, an event, um, in which every hour I had to get on stage, say five minutes worth of stuff, and then go back to my green room and sit down. So I was like, oh, I'll bring my Switch. What am I going to play? And I, I just had that messenger crash the night before. Sure. And I was like, oh, I guess I could finish the messenger. And I, I just gotten a, just gotten Bro Force, which came out the day before as well. And I was like, oh, you know, I, f- I finished this to to a hundred percent completion on PS4. Um, I loved it. I, I'll just see what, if I still love it. Sure. News newsflash: I still fucking love this game. I reckon it is one of those like you know like you should never perfect isn't really a term that you know anyone can really claim, mm. but. I think this game absolutely does what it sets out to do. Mm. Um, I feel like there's it doesn't hold back from doing any. There's nothing. There's no. You can't fault this game for anything besides doing what it wants to do. And yes. like, yeah, it's just it's so fun. It's it's a uh, uh, like a a shooter, a shmupy kind a, of a, no a platform. It's a it's a hyper kind of violent platformer where the entire environment or maybe 99.5 yeah. percent of the environment is destructible um essentially you play as a variety of kind of is parody homage Pastiche, maybe yeah. like each 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 playable character is an homage to action heroes so the first throughout. the first character you have is rambro rambro yeah they've all got bro names which they, is great and they also have different weapon sets different weapon sets as so you'll you'll start a level as uh, you know with a voice going let's go bro which never gets old um playing it playing as a certain hero as you make your way through you'll come across prisoners in cages that you have to free whenever you free a prisoner from a cage you gain a life but you also switch the hero you're playing so you might be running along as ram bro shooting away and next thing you know you're mcbrover Yep. which is MacGyver, and you don't have a gun anymore, you throw sticks of dynamite. Yep, and it completely changes not just the way you attack the enemies, but also the way you traverse through the level. Yeah, the way you play. Um, the way you like, but also like the way you like, you, you can you'll burrow through through the dirt instead of like going up, up, above it. Well, yeah, that's, that's one of the, that's the beauty that fully destructible em- environments like the the option it gives you and i like there are bosses in this game that i only beat because i tunneled into the ground to avoid attacks from above and just blasted away at like part of the boss that was sticking out of the ground yep. sort of thing there are, there are boss battles where you'll start on the top of a mountain and you'll be at the bottom of a deep chasm by the end of the boss battle because the boss has just stripped away so much of the level with rockets, with and, rockets yeah. and dropping, dropping onto the ground and slam attacks and stuff like that. Um, 
it's just joyful chaos half of the time. Just absolutely. I I have one minor gripe with it, and that is it, it feels like the... It doesn't feel... The heroes that you're given at certain points, it doesn't feel randomized. Like, you might get a... You know, there are a variety of heroes that have swords, and swords are basically useless against bosses. But I find that, like... You'll get a sword guy, you'll die, and the next hero that spawns is a sword guy as well. And then you die with that. Oh, really? Yeah, the I, next I've... one's... I, I don't know. I noticed it this time on the Switch. Right. But I, I'd be in a boss I'd level. And if if they served me, like, Broad Blade, but... Oh, he's, like, know. one of my favorites. Oh, no, totally. Yeah. But, as I said, for a lot of the bosses, it's useless having a sword person. You definitely need a gun. Oh, but no, but sometimes like the sword guy can get right in somewhere because he doesn't have a he doesn't coil back when you when you like when you shoot a gun, so you can. I will I will admit, my minor spoiler alert, but the the final kind of like the beginning of the game is all about terrorists, the middle of the game is all about aliens, and the final part of the game is all about hell, and you verse Satan, and I did notice that in the first kind of part of Satan's boss battle sword attacks interrupt him from attacking right so you can just churn through his first life bar if you have a sword guy by just attack 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 and he can't fight back right which i was like okay that's a cool thing to remember but certain other ones like fucking helicopter boss like you can't do shit to a helicopter with a sword sure and i just noticed that it was like oh my sword guy died and now I have another sword guy. Um, <laughs> I guess this boss, this this attempt at the boss is a wash. This, I will make this clear, this is an absolutely minor quibble. Yeah. This is like, you know, oh, the, the, the heater in my Lamborghini doesn't go warm enough kind of thing. <laughs> like, I love this game unashamedly. It is just pure fun. It's batshit. Have it's- you got a favorite character to play as? Um, oof. Or do you want to start with your least favorite? I kind of want to say MacGyver. Oh, see, like, uh, you, but you get when you're forced to use the characters that have more obscure weapons. Sure. Um, the girl from um, Planet Terror with the gun for a yeah, leg. Yeah, the gun. That's that's an annoying one. Cause she's that, really really hard to control. Yeah, but that could be like when you jump with her and fire, you kind of get a little bit of a jetpack effect, but not which, can be, which can be yeah. kind of useful at certain points. Um, Chuck Norris. There's a Chuck Norris. One that fires grenades. Oh yeah, yeah, that one sucks. That's 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 kind easily of, my least favorite. That's yeah. kind of annoying. It's it's occasionally useful in a boss battle when the boss is in sort of deep down in the environment and you just spam grenades. Yep. And like next thing you know, you just see the boss's health bar dropping heaps fast because he's surrounded by exploding grenades. But for the most part, yeah, that guy sucks. I never mastered the Highlander character. Neither, and I don't know what his special was. Right. He did. It doesn't like specials are indicated by little, yeah, yeah. little um, uh, symbols down where your your guy is. Um, he I did, think it he, just becomes more powerful. He never gets one. Right. Um, one one thing I noticed is that you can kind of you can climb walls, and with most of the bros, it's by sticking a knife in. But MacGyver has like a piece of bubble gum on a stick, yep. and that's how he climbs. I think it was—it's funny playing it on Switch. I noticed a lot more detail because I was looking up close. Yeah, that, that same button that allows you to climb is also like a kind of like generic stab move when you're not climbing as well. And most yeah. most of the bros have a knife, except uh, Judge Dredd has a taser. Amazing. Yeah. 
Um, or Bro Dread, whatever he's called. Yeah. I noticed that they added some bros in. Like, I don't think they had... Because I, when I played this on PC, this oh, man, a yeah, long, long they, while they, ago. They've added lots since I last played it, I too. Think, I think it would have been... Um, I would have gotten it, like, early access, I think. Right. Um, and that was one thing, like... The world map that you move around on, holy shit, they've polished the crap out of that. It looks beautiful now. It's just almost like Churning sh- through the seagulls. shiny, glistening like yep. globe, whereas it was just a very flat kind of matte color um, thing in the PC version. But um, there is there is nominally a story to the game. Um, each, evil, each level ends with you killing Satan who's in a business suit. Um, and that just kind of builds up. As I said earlier, you wind up in hell at the very end um, with with a giant, like, four-part boss battle um, at the very end. Yeah, I- I've only just gotten to hell. Um, in, right. I mean, it's my second playthrough, but I do remember that being absolutely ridiculous yeah. playing on PS4. And actually, the PS4 version... Um, lagged like hell in the uh, in the hell sections. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I haven't noticed that happen on the Switch yet, which is cool. Even in handheld. The Switch it lagged like hell during the very final part of the boss battle. Okay. The right. Final part of the final boss battle. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, purely because of the scale that you're working in. Right. I think it starts sure. to wig the processor out a bit. But um, uh, slapping a must play on this one. Absolutely, pick up Broforce. Definitely, and it's and it's a killer. It's one that you just want on your Switch it's all a, the time. It's like, a tour de Broforce. It's the best. Uh, I, I I googled Broforce just to kind of go through. I didn't, I didn't actually see who it's by. It's developed by Free Lives. Yep. Um. Uh. Published by Devolver Digital. Hell um, yeah. Who have put out so much good stuff over the last few months on amazing, the Switch. Amazing. They also just put out Rain, um, Reigns, the card game that I, I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Kings and Queens edition. Yep. Uh, yep. On, uh, have you played those on iOS? Yes. They're brilliant. Yeah. Um, and there's also a Game of Thrones one now. Say, I don't always say it's cool that it's on Switch, but play it on iOS. I'm gonna. I, I've I've got it on, okay. on my Switch to see what it's like. Um. Uh. You know. I, I'll, I'll I'll come back next month and, and let you know. I'm if, very if it's, curious if it'll have touch controls. Yeah. Um, but I googled Broforce to look up the uh, information, and it said uh, if uh, related to Broforce, and there's just like an incredible collection of games here um, thanks to Google. So Broforce, Helldivers, never played that. I don't know what that neither. is. Castle Crashes, Amazing. one of one of the greatest indie games, yeah. I think. One yeah. of the first ones. I was like, this is a regular gang. One of, one of the gang ones, beasts. One of the ones something. that solidified Xbox as an indie Xbox platform. Live Arcade. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Um, gang beasts is cool. It's a multi. It's a multiplayer like arena brawler right it's very silly okay cool um, um i think double fine oh published. sweet mercenary kings which is yep. the same guys that did flint hook a game that i've never been able to get into even though i love the art style of mercenary it so much kings? yeah 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 i've played a bit on steam i'm i'm the same kind of thing i think uh, it's very like contra-ish or anyway spelunky cool overcooked hell yeah not like Rofos at all but sure yeah. and towerfall anyway it's a good collection of games but yeah. t- towerfall actually just came out today <laughs> yeah on the switch uh by uh Published by Matt Makes Games, is that his name? Yeah, that's a guy. Um, and uh, as a big fan of Celeste, which is the game that he made after um, Towerfall, I'm super excited to play as Celeste and so no, sorry, as Madeline, Madeline and Battleline and Battleline um, in, uh, in in Towerfall. But uh, I played um, some of it today. Um, obviously, I, I wasn't playing with anybody, so I just played a single player, which I, I'm, I'm sure is not the way to play that game. No, it takes pride in being an incredible party game, but it's like a, it's an archery, yeah, like fighting game, um, and uh, it's definitely something I can see myself getting obsessed with. So cool. if anyone's down to play, we we're going to do a uh, a multiplayer episode of uh, yes. all the small games before the end of the year coming coming up soon. Definitely. 
Maybe it's a December episode because that's when you're with your family. That's a really good point. Yeah. 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 Cool. Sounds great. Um, uh, I've got, I've got what I'm playing right now. Yep. Um, which is Wasteland 2 director's cut. Yep. Developed by In Exile, um, entertainment. So this is, this is a sequel to a game that's like 30 years old, maybe. Um, the original Wasteland was a, a, a post-apocalyptic RPG um, played sort of, you know, for like early kind of Amigas and, yep. you know, Apple IIcs and stuff like that. That game inspired the team that made the original Fallout games, Fallout 1 and 2. Sure. Um, and then Fallout went from isometric RPG to first-person uh rpg right and then the like a bunch a bunch of guys or a bunch of devs got together and went we really loved the old fallouts and we loved wasteland as well which is the spiritual father or parent of the fallout series talked to the original talked to some of the original people from the team and said let's set up a kickstarter um to make a sequel to wasteland that will be in the style of the original isometric rpg fallout games Kickstarter went gangbusters. I remember, I remember supporting it myself. Right. Um, they went into production, and then I think two years after that, I got an email going, "Here's your Steam key. Early access has started." Played a little bit of it. It was maybe it was a tenth of the game. Sure. But it was one of those things that I'll always love Steam for, and this is the dorkiest analogy. But Steam early access for me is like a wine cellar. <laughs> You might buy something and you'll leave it in there for three years. And then when you come back, you've got this absolutely incredible experience that's just been maturing away. Without oh, it's, you, it's beautiful. Thank you. Without necessarily you having to do anything about it. Um, I've said it on previous episodes, I sunk 120 hours into Wasteland 2 on uh, PC. Loved the shit out of it. I loved those original Fallout games. So when I saw it was coming to Switch, I was like, this is a no-brainer. I have to buy it. Does like Diablo and stuff fall into the same category, or yes, in terms of how you kind of again. move around the world. <laughs> um, it's almost strong bad that noise. Um, oh, yeah, who it... also makes a cameo in Guacamole? No shit. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, I was on a poster. Of course. Yeah. Um, it it is in terms of how you kind of look at the world, like. Uh, Diablo is an isometric game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the combat in Wasteland 2 is turn-based. Like, you've got a grid, you move you guys around, you you know, you shoot, there's an order to the combat, you go, the enemy goes, that kind of thing. Um, in the same way I talked about Prison Architect last episode, a couple uh-huh. of episodes ago, um, I think it's great to have Wasteland 2 on the Switch just because it shows that the system is good for those kind of games sure um same as like into the breach as well yeah yeah to a certain extent i'm like in into the breach is built for something like a switch whereas wasteland 2 is definitely built for something like like pc PC. yep um and admittedly it's had release on xbox one x and or xbox one x and ps4 i think but um yeah, I'm just I'm so happy it's come to Switch. I've finished it before and I'm I'm diving in again happily on Switch. Loving loving playing through it. So 120 hours on PC. How many yeah. hours so far on Switch? 
I mean, I've only just started it, so probably... So 110. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 150 somehow. <laughs> um, I think I think it's going to be one of those games where I'm not going to play it through in one go. I'll pick it up and put it down as other games come out. Yeah, sick. Um, otherwise, the next two episodes are just going to be me going, well, here's what happened with Wasteland <laughs> 2 today. But Wasteland 3 is actually in production at the moment. Oh, cool. And they did the same thing. Not not Kickstarter this time. It was the um, uh, a, a game-specific crowdfunding website called Fig. Um, but I funded that as well. And it's rad. Every month and a half, I get an email update basically going like, hey, here's what we've done so far and showing me like cool yeah, so behind-the-scenes cool. art from the game and stuff that like that. And my hope is that they will bring Wasteland 3 to Switch on release as opposed to three years down the track yeah totally awesome um, cool man yeah I'll, I'll, I, I'll, I, I'll give this one a shot I highly recommend it if you if you like a really kind of hardcore is the wrong word but a really traditional sort of RPG where you're you know you build up your character's stats and there's experience points it sounds very like tactics based too yeah it is yeah. It, it very much is um, although my tactic is just barge into every combat encounter and hope <laughs> it also it reminded me like save before you do anything sure and like i've had to i've had to bring that instinct back from playing other games like anytime you go to attempt anything picking a lock disarming a landmine or battle save 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 so the final game that i want to talk about and is a game that uh i started uh just a couple of hours before you came over to record um it's a game that just came out today on the switch um it's called wonder song um and it's uh, been developed by greg lobanov um, and published by Humble Bundle. Oh. Um, and Wandersong is uh, is a platformer. Okay. Big surprise. Whoa. Um, but it is unlike any platformer I've ever played before because in uh, Wandersong you play a young bard. And a bard is like a uh, medieval song singer. <laughs> sure. Song singer. Yeah. Um, and basically, um, did you, you never played Wind Waker, did you? No. So in Wind Waker, um, you had a uh, a baton um, that you used to conduct the ocean and and the winds. Cool. And the way I mean, and lots of Zelda games have done this, but like you would kind of like use the this the, the directional stick, the C, C stick or whatever the fuck it was called, sure, the joystick, um, to and, and moving it around would would make different notes. Okay. So your uh, your the the right joystick is basically your voice you 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 move around with your left you jump with the uh with the a buttons button, sure but your uh your right thumb on the joystick uh is your voice and hmm. so when you move it basically it's do re mi fa so la ti right um all around in a in a, in a clockwise wheel and uh it's all each, each note is represented by a different color okay and uh you uh, basically are this bard who goes on a quest to to save the world from. Uh, at first, it seems like it's ghosts, right. but he is like basically ghosts are haunting his town, and uh, he's able to communicate with the ghosts through music. And there are lots of different characters that you can different things that you can interact with in the environment by like singing the right combination of notes to them. Okay. Um, and uh, at first, I was like, "Oh, is this just going to be like a kind of like." 
Feels story good. adventure game like, where every now and then I'm going to be tested and do like these kind of like vague rhythm games, but it's pretty forgiving. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, I haven't been frustrated by, I mean, I've only played like two hours of it so far, but I haven't been like really frustrated by not being able to pass something. And like where I was like, you know, how much can they do with this mechanic? Uh, the things you interact with, like for example, the first thing you you encounter that can, you can interact with through song is a bird, and the bird will whistle three notes. And once you match that as three notes, the bird becomes your friend, and the bird then hangs around you. And next, the next time you jump, the bird carries you, and you jump considerably higher oh, than you would be able to. So okay. that's how you can get up to higher ledges. Then uh, later on, you um, are able to manipulate vines and plants that can lift you higher or lower um, or over gaps by pushing the, the like the, the, like singing in the right direction, basically. Oh, okay. um, and uh, then there are like kind of like more kind of like traditional, like, you know, you've got to sing a song. Basically, like there's a great moment where ghosts can only communicate through music. So you have to sing what the ghosts are trying to tell the other people in the town. And so you have to like, it's almost like a, like a, it's a musical game basically right. where you have to like match the notes to to make their words. Okay. It's really really clever and fun. In fact, that was the moment where I was like, okay, I wasn't sure if I was going to play all of this, but that cemented it. Uh, it's a really funny, sweet story. The art style again looks uh, very paper crafty and cute, cute, very bright colors, um, and uh, the everything everything well all the, the color palette matches. The colors assigned to the notes in your in your song wheel. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 really really different and 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 cool. And I think you in particular would love this because I know you love kind of like comedic adventure game adventure puzzle games. Sweet. Um, yeah. So basically, I'm I'm going to be solving puzzles over the next week uh, by by like getting this little bard to sing. Cool. I guess we'll we'll dive further into this one in the next step. Yeah. So yeah, it's called Wander Song. W A N D E R Song. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to to getting further into this one. Cool. Um, so that's it for uh, the games we've been playing over the next month. Yeah. Over the last month, sorry. Um, have you got any games that you are looking forward to be playing over the next month? None that I've seen. I haven't dived into the coming soon. Very recently. Sure. I should. Obviously, but um, are there any that are jumping out for you? Well, so I want to be fin- I want to finish Wonder Song and Guacamelee too. Um, play Bastion, please. I, I was going to say, please I, just I've play just a bit got, of Bastion. I just got Bastion. No, I, I totally will. I, yeah. I only just got it uh, this cool. week, so yeah, I, I want to be playing Bastion. I also got a really funny game called uh, Donkey Chicken Donkey Chicken Horse. Horse chicken. Horse chicken. <laughs> chicken monkey duck. Chicken monkey duck. Um, duck duck. Yep. Uh, What's it called? I'm rotten here. Uh, Ultimate Chicken Horse. Chicken Horse. Yes. So I just got that, uh, so I'll be uh, I'll be checking that out. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that 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 could be a lot of fun. I hope yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course, sinking my teeth furthermore into um, Towerfall. Yes, I'm very interested to hear how that goes. Um, also, Undertale just came out on Switch as well, which is a game that I've always wanted to play. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I. I should. It's gotten such raves. I want to dive in and try understand. It seems relatively quick too, like a six-hour game. Uh, so I think it goes much. I think you can go way deeper than that. Oh, yeah, like multiple, maybe multiple endings. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, like I think there's one ending that no one's even achieved yet. Oh, somehow, that's cool. okay. Like you you can't initiate any combat for the entirety of the game, or something like right. that. Or okay. anyway, yeah. 
I could be t- I, I don't know I could be telling tales out of school here but I'll see I'll see how we go and yeah. I've also like um, after finishing uh, Met the Messenger I was filled with such a joy of completion that now I'm looking back over my extremely extensive Switch backlog and going maybe I need to finish some games so I actually picked up uh, for the first time in a long time tonight uh, Wonder Boy and the Dragon's Trap okay which was a um, uh, a sequel to a master system game that they oh, um dang. not a it's like they kind of like uh, they, they they remade it so it's this beautifully cartoon visuals but you can also easily flick back to the um extremely primitive 8-bit visuals as well oh, sweet. but it's a really really um ambitious game um where you like turn into different animals the animals have different skills and uh you've got to find different secret paths to progress in the game it's cool really enjoy cool. it good soundtrack too Nice. Uh, so, uh, John, we have an email address. Um, we do. It's all the small games at gmail.com. And On- this month, we got an email from Bjorn. Oh, snap. Thanks, Bjorn. Bjorn says, Hey, guys, since JV enjoyed Into the Breach so much, and I totally relate to happy juice that you get from pulling off the perfect turn. I'm never going to live that one down. Remember when you said happy juice? Yeah. Um, I figured I'd recommend what is probably my favorite personal favorite game of all time Invisible Incorporated. Invisible Inc. I'm pretty sure Clay counts as as indie, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Invisible. Clay, uh, Clay, the guys that do Shank and Don't Starve. Yep. Um, They've got another really cool game coming out. Mark of the Ninja as well. Yeah, fuck it. I can't wait for that. Uh, Invisible Ink is basically XCOM, but for super spies. You can't fight, at least not well. So it's all about stealth and navigating the levels. Um, Gets harder with time as an enemy AI security system slowly goes through escalating levels of security measures with cameras, lasers, robots, extra guards, etc. Every level has an objective that you have to get, but also a lot of extra stuff, which gives you an incentive to stay longer than you should. What Invisible Ink and Into the Breach have in common is that you always get all the information on what the enemy will do in their next turn. And I think that's what makes these incredibly satisfying plays possible. At the beginning, of the game you'll be careful because you're afraid of getting caught but a few hours later you're luring eight guards into a room locking the door and teleporting out with a gadget all drenched in happy juice (laughs) it's your fault john what have you done i really want to take that back that's all from me keep up with the good work just 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 say come bjork it's fine (laughs) um cool thanks for the wreck bjorn um invisible ink what's that out what's it out on it's It's on pc steam ps4 um yeah, it's on iOS apparently. Oh, well, hold on, I'm looking at the App Store now. Invisible Ink. We might try and check it out for next month. Yeah, thanks. thanks it's a, that's a hot recommendation. It's and a yeah, good wreck. Clay have put out some incredible. Um, yeah, Clay is a great developer. I love Clay. Um, so uh, yeah, hopefully we'll maybe have some hot thoughts on those in the future. Um, thank you so much for listening to the sixth episode of All the Small Games. Yeah. Uh, you, again, you can get in touch with us uh, via our Twitter, which is at All the Small Game. Or our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash all the small games. If you want to find us individually, um, John is at 16tacos on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G, on those platforms. Uh, I have a few other podcasts, including Hey Fam and Serious Issues. Uh, one of which is the, one of those is about video games and dumb stuff. The other one is only about comic books. So check those out if for some reason you have not already. Uh, again, I'll be uh, doing a panel on the Saturday of PAX in Melbourne at the end of October with uh, James and Meso from the Weekly Planet. And uh, if you come along and you listen to the podcast, come say hello and uh, we'll do a secret handshake. Cool. We'll, 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 so secret, neither of you know what it is. Yeah, exactly. 
and uh, we'll make a joke about happy juice probably <sighs> and then shudder <laughs> and uh, hopefully John will be there too yeah hopefully um, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next month bye guys Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.